0: Addiction is a serious issue and we take it seriously. This is Road to Recovery with Yona Bud on 640 Toronto.
1: And welcome to the Road to Recovery. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Yona Bud. I will be your host along with Sofia Vavarutsos and uh, Corey Manuel, who is in the studio with us doing what they do best. Taking calls from you and making sure that I don't make mistakes on my end. 416-870-6400 is how you play with us tonight on this beautiful Thanksgiving weekend. And 888-225-TALK, that spells out at 8255 if you're looking at the keyboard trying to go, how do you spell talk on my phone? That's how you do that. You can always text me here at 647-488-0086 and you can get to me directly. And we're going to talk about some really interesting stuff tonight. Um, but I do want to reach out and let everyone know that it is Thanksgiving and uh, it's a time to maybe uh, spend a little time focusing on, you know, some of the good stuff. And we're going to get to that later on in the show. But uh, it's also tomorrow is World Mental Health Day. I didn't realize there was a specific day for the world to celebrate or to concentrate and to focus on on mental health issues. But um, I think we should be focusing on those every day every day should be world mental health day uh but it is um a thing and uh, it's left a lot of people around the world you know impacted uh, in a really bad way as it relates to their mental health including health uh and other frontline workers healthcare workers other frontline workers students for sure people living alone those with pre-existing mental health conditions you know we don't talk enough about those that you know how we're suffering before the pandemic, or are now really, really having a hard time. And those with pre-existing medical, uh, mental health conditions, you know, that have you know been particularly affected by not being able to access services, and all of those services—neurological, substance abuse, mental health, and so on—they're obviously quite disrupted because of the number of people reaching out. And uh, anyway, so the whole uh, the, the the mental health care. The, their slogan for this year is "mental health care for all." Let's make it a reality. Um this year's campaign, they want to focus on the efforts made in some of the countries uh, to encourage uh, others to highlight positive stories as part of your own activity. So it's an inspirational year. We want to talk about inspirational stories around mental health and such. Um, and by the way, if you go to hashtag uh, World Mental Health Day, uh, they got all kinds of materials, Easy to read formats, how to take care of your own mental health, provide support to others, all kinds of stuff. I went, I looked at it really quickly. Uh, it's kind of cool. There's some pretty good stuff there, um, with a world perspective, not just a perspective of living in Ontario, Canada, or even North America for that matter. So, um, but you know what? Speaking of living in North America, you know, one of the high stresses, uh, for young people today, is, you know, if they're ever going to be able to buy a home. You know, where where are they going to live when rents are, you know, through the roof? We were looking for one of my sons, we were helping him uh, locate a new place to live, and you know, a simple one bedroom apartment in the GTA uh, easily is $2000 or more. It's a lot of money for a young person. That's a lot of money for anybody. You know, it's a it's a mortgage payment for sure, right? But not everybody can afford to put their money down. To buy a piece of property, I know a lot of friends, a lot of friends of our family uh, have crashed in you know, some RSPs. Some guys have, um, you know, sold some stocks that they've had over the years for their for their uh, um, retirement um, and crashed those to benefit their kids, <clears throat> you know, giving their kids money now <clears throat> for the things they can buy, you know, like a house or, you know, not, not like a house for a house, uh, rather than you know maybe saving their their own money for their own future needs. So uh, obviously you don't want to give up everything you need to eat, but a lot of people are finding it uh, finding some way uh, to financially help their children, uh, married children usually in most cases, uh, help their children find um, the kinds of funds needed. To, uh to buy a piece of property so here's the question for this morning or for this evening excuse me uh, do you think you know young people will ever be able to afford a house? You think your young people, the people in your life, will ever be able to afford a house? You think kids today will be able to afford a house? That's the question, 416-870-6400. We're going to leave the board open, call in anytime. But that's the the, the first question of, of this evening is do you think people, uh, young people in particular, you know, university graduates, 25s, you know, mid-20s, early 30s maybe, you think they're ever going to be able to buy a house? And, you know, if so, you know, how do you think that's going to work? So for the past seven years, several years, actually, the strain of financial stress um, has been leaving a lot of people with depression, anxiety, fatigue, things like physical things like achy muscles, weight fluctuation, chest pains. Um, so there's a story about a 25-year-old um, facilities coordinator in Toronto, and she experienced considerable stress paying for tuition and rent when she was a student in her 20s and then taking on a whole bunch of student debt that's a whole other conversation right and then she no longer no longer in school now but a significant portion of her income is going towards paying rent leaving it difficult to pay you know repay certain loans and and kind of build any kind of sizable savings you know i talked to my kids you know they're in their 20s my i got Two younger ones in their 20s and one is considerably older than that. And, um, you know, the, the two younger ones, you know, we talk to about, you know, savings. You know, we, we do that, that nosy parent thing, you know, how you doing? Are you doing with savings? And they kind of look at me like, Dad, savings? You know, and these kids make good money. It's not like they're, you know, it's not like they're just making minimum wage. They're making good money. They both have excellent skills. These two in particular, even my eldest son, you know, makes a, an excellent living. Uh, but you know, as a result of being, able, being, you know, with a with a a woman, a partner, his fiance, you know, they're able to do things together. But you know, he's, uh, you know, he's. Considerably older, almost a decade he's more than a decade older than his, than his younger brothers. So, but you know, it takes time to get in the market. It's not like it was in the old days when you were nineteen or twenty, you could put a little bit of money away, and you and your you know your dad and maybe your brother would buy something for fifty thousand dollars down, and you know rent it out, and you know years later it's worth something. You move into it when you move out of the your parents' house, maybe when you get married, so you have something to move into. You can't do that anymore. Like you need a hundred thousand dollars at least for a down payment. So, you know, this person goes on to say that uh, they had to move into, she had to move in December and um, going to have to sacrifice either her social life or renting her own place. She has to make a choice. So she's either going to rent her own place or move back home or have a social life. So when she thinks about her future, it goes on to say a lot of anxiety because she doesn't really have a cushion. So, what's a cushion? A cushion is some level of savings, right? Anyway, uh, the question is: You think kids are ever going to be able to buy their own house? I, I don't know. Not with the cost of things in Toronto. You know, thirty-five uh, under thirty-five year olds are just saying, you know, it's just, they don't even see it possible. Lots of stress, lots of anxiety around owning, you know, owning something into the future. So, do what you can to help. I suppose, you know, if you're in a position to help your your kids uh, in that kind of way, um, home ownership is certainly uh, a nice thing to have. Not not a, not a necessity necessarily but uh, certainly a nice thing to have and gives you a certain sense of comfort and security. But um, I don't know. it's uh, It seems like something that uh, is far off for a lot of people, unless you're in a position to help. You know, it's um, – you know, it's, it's sometimes when you're making that decision to help, you're impacting your life in the future as well. But anyway, I thought it was an interesting uh, segment to start off with. Hope you en- enjoyed it for what it's worth. But uh, obviously, we know we have some issues. As soon as we come back, we're going to be joined by my friend, Sophia Lava-Rutas, who is also one of our producers. And she wrote a couple of articles, one in particular we're going to talk about tonight. So uh, stick with us. We'll be back shortly. Yonabad, 640 Toronto. Toronto.
0: Welcome back to Road to Recovery with Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto.
1: Okay, make sure you stay between the lanes. You're on the road to recovery. I'm Yona Bud, your host this evening, along with Sophia Devon and uh, Corey. We're uh, happy that you could join us. We know you have other choices, and we're glad you chose us. So, uh, yeah, man, that's one of the things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that I have uh, this opportunity to have a microphone and to share and to make hopefully make a difference in a little in some little way if I can. I'm health I'm, I'm so grateful for the tens of thousands of listeners that enjoy the benefits of what we have to share. Uh, every weekend. I certainly enjoy my team, you know, all of them, Sophia, Devon, Loretta, Corey, Jeff, everyone who's on the team, uh, remarkable uh, support and very uplifting and supportive people uh, makes my life uh, just so much greater. Um, So I'm grateful and I go on and on. I'm grateful for my grandchildren. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my parents who are in their mid-90s and healthy, thankfully. Um, And, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity I have to save lives and to help people and to do what I do across, you know, residential facilities and outpatient facilities and on the air and, you know, do a little this, a little that, whatever we can to help where we can. So I'm really grateful that I have that opportunity. You know what? And, you and, know, and for a lot of us. You know, we get up in the morning perhaps and, you know, we're we're not, We we're, maybe we don't love our job and uh, we're not crazy about the car we're driving and we wish we had a little more money and we had a little more disposable income at the end of the day and, you know, wish my, you know, was easier to diet or if I could lay off the junk food at night and it's easier to get caught up in all the stuff in your life that's not good. You know, it's the old story. You know, you do set. You're, you're in a relationship with somebody. It's a friend. Let's say we're talking about a friendship relationship. You know, a, 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 just a, a relationship between two buddies. And you know, in all these years, you do well for each other. You help one another. You do. You know, you do things for each other. And then one day, you let them down. You know, you just maybe say no, pursuant to the first conversation we had, or the conversation we had with Sophia in the previous segment that we just finished. Maybe you say no. Well, whatever. all of a sudden, all the years of doing good things and being a great friend go out the window because of the one negative thing you do. People, people generally reflect on the negative things in our life and the negative things that we've done and the negative things that people have done to us. So it's Thanksgiving, certainly for those that you know want it, want it to be their Thanksgiving. Every day for me is Thanksgiving, frankly. I'm thankful for every day that I get up and put my feet on the ground and breathe because that's not a given. Sometimes you don't wake up. You know, certain people just don't wake up. So just simple things like, you know, having being able to breathe, being able to go to the bathroom, be able to, you know, all the parts of my body working as they should. Sometimes some better, better on certain days than others. But it's important to ground ourselves in the good things in our life before we get caught up on too much traffic, horrible job, a boss I don't like, maybe I'm in a marriage or relationship I'm not crazy about, I got one kid who drives me crazy, not me, of course, just saying generally, (laughs) one kid who drives me crazy, I love my boys, they're all spectacular. Uh, But, you know, when you're feeling overwhelmed and down and disconnected and everything looks like it's crappy and dark and miserable, sit down. Sit down. You can do it right now as we're talking. Sit down. Take a piece of paper, right? Just take a piece of paper. Take a pen, take a pencil, take a piece of paper. And sit down and think to yourself about all of the, just Just find 10 things. Find 10 things that you're grateful for. Find six things that you're grateful for. I'm grateful I have a job. I might not love it, but I, you might say to yourself, I'm grateful I have a job, Right? I, I, I'm grateful that I have a wife who loves me or I have a, boy, a husband who loves me or I have a girlfriend who loves me or a boyfriend who loves me, right? I, I have children, right? All, it's easy to make the list. It's not way out there, right? So make sure you take the time to write down the things that you're grateful for, right? It'll help you when you're feeling disconnected, when you're feeling like the world isn't going your way. It's Thanksgiving. What do you have to be thankful for? I have to believe a whole lot the fact that you're listening to me perhaps gives me the opportunity to share with you. I'm grateful for that opportunity. I'm grateful that we're on the coming on the other side of the pandemic and we're starting to open things up more. I'm really grateful that kid, my kids are back to school. My grandchildren are back to school. I, I, you know, the list could go on and on, but the entries you make don't have to be so broad and dramatic. I'm thankful. I have a roof over my head, something simple. I'm thankful that an old friend reached out to me the other day on, uh, on uh, LinkedIn to catch up. Someone I haven't heard from in a long time. You know, the longer you spend, the easier and easier it gets to write down points that make a difference. And the gratitude list is something we should try to do every day. So maybe it's only two or three things a day that you're grateful for. But it helps balance those things in your life that you don't think are fair. Right, you helps balance the things in your life that you know bring us down, that make us sad. When you when you have gratitude, when you're grateful for certain things, you know if you're a student, for example, you know you want to write about what's in what what it is in school that you're grateful for. I'm grateful that I have a, a this teacher this year. I'm grateful that I only got two courses instead of three. I'm grateful that my lunch hour is at 1.30. right? Whatever. Grateful for your job. Grateful for your home life. There have to be things in your life that you're grateful for, grateful that you're breathing, oh my gosh, well, Yona, that goes without saying, not for everybody. Some people need to breathe with the help of a machine. some people walk around you know with with oxygen in their nose because uh, for whatever reason can't breathe on their own. People are going you know people that I know half a dozen of them at any given time are going for regular treatments of chemotherapy and radiation to kill cancers in different parts of their body. Thank God. I don't have that. And if you don't thank God, thank somebody somewhere, someplace. The rabbit's foot that you've had since you were a kid, the flowers outside your window, the birds that fly above, find some place to share your gratitude. Because if we don't, we miss the opportunities. It's a mindful experience, my dear friends. It's how we enjoy our mindful experiences during the days, every day. Because when things hit us the wrong way and make our lives a little more difficult, and it does, it happens to all of us. None of us are immune from the things in life that shake our head a little bit and go, wow, that's I that, uh, wasn't expecting that, or that's a little rough. But for everything that's negative in your life, I bet you if you and I could sit down together and have this conversation, we could find two things that are positive. For every negative, two positives. Guarantee it. Because if you were bold enough to call me at 416-870-6400 and try me on it, I'm glad to take the call right now. We have people standing by to take it. Challenge me on it. Give me one negative thing in your life, and I bet you within a couple of minutes of you and I chatting, we're going to find at least two things that we can balance that negative with a positive. Something as simple as Monday is a day off. I'm thankful for Thanksgiving. I'm thankful I have an opportunity to be with my friends. I'm thankful I'm sober today. I'm thankful that we're not in lockdown. I mean, with every associated positive mental health result comes some level of gratitude. In any form of treatment that's worth a damn comes some form of mindful gratitude. That whole cognitive behavioral therapy thing with the glasses half full, not half empty, right? That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about the ability to be in the moment and recognizing what about today works for me. It takes five minutes. Maybe it's not even something you write down initially. Maybe it's just something you think in your head when you get up in the morning and you put your feet on the ground and you say, oh, my goodness, I'm thankful that I'm getting up today. I'm thankful that the work is on. I'm thankful that I'm going into the office or I'm not going into the office. Pick something. And it will decrease your anxiety. It will improve, improve your mood. It will help you in a positive way, positive mindset, positive self-talk. You can say to yourself all day long, my life is crap, I hate it, I'm never going to amount to anything, I'm never going to go anywhere, and guess what, sooner or later you're going to talk yourself into it. But that same person, that same brain, that same individual on the other side of the shoulder, on the other you know, the good guy and bad guy, good girl and bad girl on the other side of the shoulder, you know, they've seen the routine before, you've seen it on TV. There's another one that says, no, man, you're good. You're doing really well today, look at you. You're down a few pounds, you're eating properly, getting along with everybody, positive self-talk. That leads to improved mental health. That leads to a better day. And if you're working for a living, it leads to making more money. Because when you're down and miserable, you can't function as well, you can't perform as well as you can when you're thinking positively. So for this Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for you. Hopefully you can find at least three to four things tomorrow morning that you're thankful for because that's really what the difference is between living a healthy happy joyful life and one maybe not so much. When we come back I want you to chime, chime in on this. I know we're going to get a lot of callers. Should we be vaccinating kids or not? How do you feel about vaccinating children, the young ones, you know, 5 to 11 or whatever we're getting to next? That's the new thing. When we come back we're going to talk about that and I want to hear from you. I know everyone out there has an opinion, positive or negative, pro or con. Want to hear from you. 416-870-6400. About here. 640. 640-
0: toronto welcome back to road to recovery with yona budd only on 640 toronto
1: and welcome back we have penny from caledon who's going to join us tonight and talk about uh something from our last uh, segment she says she feels her freedom is gone even though she's grateful for certain things penny welcome to the road to recovery thank you for calling us oh
2: not a problem how are you this evening
1: outstanding thanks for asking getting ready for to be thankful for thanksgiving
2: Actually, I just had a wonderful meal with a good friend of mine, with my husband and my brother-in-law, and I'm just heading home right now.
1: Amazing! So you were talking. Your, your comment uh, to the to uh, Devon, who was uh, screening you, I think, says um, I feel like your freedom is gone. Give me kind of share with me where you're coming from.
2: Uh, I uh, I'm uh, one of the the people who uh, chooses not to uh, take what is being forced upon me because I don't believe that it's going to. Uh, me actually it's going to hurt me and because of that my freedom is gone that's
1: <laughs> well i mean you're you're okay so let's look let, let's look at choices right so you you the, the situation that you know you talk about being forced upon you one one is suggesting i guess or you're you're clearly suggesting if i'm reading between the lines that you're talking about being vaccinated versus not being vaccinated correct Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you made the decision not to be vaccinated for a particular reason. You got to make that choice. So, number one, thankful that you're living in a country you get to make that choice. There are countries where people don't get to make that choice. It's mandatory or, you know, they do other things. But in this, you know, yeah, so with the,
2: with the mandatory I've I've lost my my lost my
1: freedom. Well, exactly. So here it you know <laughs> well you you're you're yes and no. You still have the freedom to do a lot of things in your life. You you know, you you have the same restrictions for freedoms that we did we all did when everything was locked down and none of us could go anywhere. Um you you've made the choice to not um comply with what's required to enter certain facilities, at least right now. Um, but you the freedoms that you're talking about still come from the freedom that you have to have made that choice. So as much as, you know, you, you're, you, um, so you just came from Thanksgiving, right?
2: For having the freedom to make the choice. I gave up my freedom.
1: Well, your, your, your freedom in so far as what, going to a restaurant, going to a bar, going to like, what have, what can't you do that you really want to do right now because you're not vaccinated?
2: Uh, fly to Mexico. Okay. To see, to see my good friend,
1: okay <laughs> so there I'm, there are
2: I the, into the radio this morning and they were saying oh it was horrible last october and uh no we were still able to travel <laughs> Now we're not
1: well it's a it's an airline uh it's an airline issue um it, it is a it is there are issues around not being able to fly because of uh vaccine mandates um you know can i can i ask a question um, are you are you concerned for your health if you do get the vaccine or is it just?
2: I've been exposed to disease since the '80s. I've been doing my work for over 40 years, and I've been through everything. And I've been exposed to, and I've walked through unscathed.
1: Have you had? Uh, have you unfortunately, or do you, have you had COVID? Uh, COVID? Yes, disease I did
2: actually. I contracted it back in January. I, and, I, was, I, I was sick for a couple of days. My husband was borderline hospitalization, and uh, we're fine. So I trust Mort- my body to take care of my body, not uh, a spike protein that causes disease.
1: <laughs> do, you have, do you have
2: children? Pretty old daughter.
1: I can't hear you. I missed you there, kid.
2: Yes, yes,
1: I do. Okay, okay. so you have children. Are they in school?
2: Uh, no, no. And, uh, she has been double vaccinated and she has had complications about it. And I don't want to talk to her about it because I know where it's going to go. So,
1: so when your kids were in school, I guess you're, they're older kids, right? They're older, older children. Yes. Yes. yes when, when, you, when your kids were in school, um, did you get them vaccinated for things like diphtheria, smallpox, polio, all that stuff?
2: Oh, that. Yes, yes, it was a vector vaccine. Yes, so, not an mRNA.
1: Uh, so it's the mRNA part that you're concerned. So there's a, there, yes. isn't it Johnson and Johnson who has a solution that's not mRNA?
2: Uh but they that causes blood clots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know the, the 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 first of all, thankfully, I'm hearing you. You know, laugh and smile a little bit. So I was concerned that you really uh, were in a bad way uh, mentally. But you know, it the 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 choice to uh, not comply with what's required to meet the requirements of, let's say, travel or, uh, certain institutions and so on is a choice you get to make. Um, I don't know what your solution around traveling to Mexico is. I, I've been waiting, uh, almost two years to go to the U.S. and visit, uh, people that I need to visit and that I haven't seen for a long time. I have family and friends that haven't seen grandchildren in, you know, that, that have just been born in other parts of the world because they weren't able to travel until now. Um, you know, the I'll be honest with you, I, I'm concerned uh, for my own well-being. I would be concerned to not have the vaccine because, you know, I've just I'm the guy I've got. You know, I take them all. You know, I had took it for 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 uh, shingles. I've got one for pneumonia. I take the one for flu every year because I'm exposed to a lot of people with low immunity because they're not well. Right. So um, that's the choice I got to make. But I got to make the choice. So anyway, I'm, I'm hoping that things will sort out for you. You sound like a like a wonderful person. Uh, I am so fortunate that I feel fortunate you were able to call and talk about your fun experiences with everybody at the table tonight. Everybody at the table was vaccinated or not vaccinated, who you were eating with this evening?
2: One double, one double, one single, and they're fine with it. The people that I associate with, they're not afraid because they know that they can carry as much of a viral load as me even though they're vaccinated
1: so you're counting on your body if you get really sick you're counting on your body to in to, its own immune system to fight and,
2: it. and and i know more people who have had as adverse side effects including death at a young age than i have from covid and like i said i've been around people for 40 years
1: Well, I wish you well. Um, I'm hoping that you can uh, get your head around the fact that this was a choice, and I guess you're kind of living with the, the decision. But I do appreciate you being a listener. I do appreciate you joining us. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and somehow can figure out a way to get to Mexico and uh, have a tequila on me. So do you think the kids should be, this is the next question, thank you so much Penny. Next question, you think kids should be vaccinated? And there's a a piece I see here from in the paper uh, Tom Simpson from Oshawa uh, wrote something here saying uh, the problem with the selfish uh, uh, misinformed bunch is that they are too young to remember all the previous health challenges that our ancestors had to live through and defeat smallpox diphtheria, polio, not to mention measles rubella, mumps, and all of the which Are controlled by vaccines. So here we are today, and we're asking ourselves should we be vaccinating children? Um, The data says yes. The US regulators are looking at Pfizer and uh, BioNTech uh, for a Five to 11 year old uh, vaccine that seems to do its job. Um, a rapid authorizations in place. That's what we're trying to find for national use here in Canada, um, in the U.S. as well. Uh, children currently make up about 27% of all U.S. coronavirus cases, which is an increasing percentage of hospitalizations. according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, that reflects the high contagiousness of the Delta variant. So you got to remember when the Delta variant came kicked in, it was, it changed everything. It's, it's, we didn't know where, you know, we, we were kind of working towards the original um, uh, alpha virus, beta virus. We didn't realize that, you know, the delta virus was going to uh, end up being what it is. The vaccines already, the vaccines that we're looking at from Pfizer, for example, they're already authorized for 12 to 15 year olds, and they're approved as well, fully approved for those 16 and over. The two drug makers that we're talking about are also looking at uh, testing and getting um, data around two to five year olds. Uh, and children uh 6 to 2 6 months to 2 years uh is something that they expect some data later on in the fourth quarter of this year. So the question is, you know, do you do you do you vaccinate your children? That's the question here tonight 416-870-6400. Uh another article goes on to talk about a mother of a child who has not been vaccinated who had something uh, there, by the way there's something called long covid. If anybody hasn't heard about it, it's what it's what lingers after you've had COVID. It can stay for a long time. Uh, achiness, um, uh, uh, You can become lethargic. Uh, headaches. Body aches. Um, all kinds of you know issues and symptoms around not feeling well. Um, so this long COVID is we're seeing in a lot of kids, a lot of pediatric cases, um, according to uh, Dr. Brian Goldman, who is a who is a specialist in. Um, Pediatric uh, virus, uh, pediatric disease, and virus. Those symptoms include, you know, things he's talking about here: joint pain, fatigue, shortness of breath. Um, And it's the thing that they're most concerned about, especially in kids, is this thing that the experts are referring to as brain fog. Um, This long COVID is leaving our kids um, and adults too, for that matter, not just kids. uh, A lot of seniors uh, who have had COVID because we didn't do a good job for them the the early part. Um, are now very foggy, leading to early dementia and so on. So we should expect that it's going to get better. The more that we vaccinate our younger people, uh, the sooner that this is going to get better. But um, I think we did a horrible job, for what it's worth. I've said this all along. We have, for probably the last decade, really let our kids down in terms of parenting skills, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of social, uh, uh, social, the social apparatus necessary to keep kids away from guns and gangs and things that you've heard us talk about many times on, on our shows because I'm very passionate about it. We've done a really crummy job of, of doing what we need to do to support kids. And then, you know, focusing on, the, on seniors and on uh, older people before kids because we left the kids to the end um, probably wasn't the greatest thing. Because these kids, you know, a lot of them um, have symptoms that are going to potentially could last them for the rest of their lives. So, our, you know, according to the experts, her name is Susie Golden-Golding. Excuse me, Golding. I apologize. She's the founder of COVID Long Haulers Support Group Canada and the director of Long Haul Long COVID Kids Canada, and it's a not-for-profit support network. It says Canada has lagged behind other countries in acknowledging a long COVID in general, let alone in its kids. So. I don't know. I I am hoping my grandchildren get vaccinated. I think it's uh something if it's available. I'm uh, I'm all for uh, having them uh, treated appropriately. So when we come back from break, I know an hour just flies by, guys. It's just like wow. Like I'm on the fourth segment of the first hour and like really I'm just getting warmed up here. So when we come back, go go take a break. We're going to do news and all that stuff. It'll be a longer break than normal. Go, you know, get yourself something to eat, maybe have a snack, and get yourself something to drink, some coffee or tea. I'm actually drinking hot water with, with a puree of raspberry that uh, uh, my wife and I um, have a housekeeper that comes and helps because we're both working full time, um, and my wife has some health issues as well. So we have someone who comes, and now she's you know, got a little extra time in one of her days, and she started making things for us that she uh, had from her home, uh, town, so this uh, this raspberry puree—it's just—it's delicious um, and very healthy for us. So I'm going to have one of those while we take break, and when we come back, we'll see you shortly. Yona Bud, six forty,
0: Toronto. Addiction is a serious issue, and we take it seriously. This is Road to Recovery with Yona Bud on six forty, Toronto.
1: The road to recovery. Let's get back on the road and do what we need to do. I'm your host tonight, Yona, Yona Bud, Yona Recovery, Yona Bud. And we're in the studio with Sophia, Devon, and Corey, all trying to uh, share with you information and uh, maybe giggle a little bit. Thanksgiving, maybe a little bit lighter than normal. We'll have a kind of a light show tonight. Well, maybe a little bit. Speaking of light and airy. Um, not a really a fun subject but because uh, I've experienced this before. So i uh, give you a quick story. The story is our dog's increasingly getting ill from cannabis edibles. Uh, I think cannabis in general, edibles for sure. Um, my little guy, Siggy, we went for a walk one day and came back, and within a little bit of the walk, uh, within, I don't know, uh, 20 minutes, half an hour, he started to kind of not be himself. We had another dog over. My son's dog was over to visit. He was not acting his normal self. Uh, it turned out that he had yeah, uh, We ended up taking him to the vet. He started to shake. He was convulsing. He was, his eyes were funky. He just wasn't in good shape. He wasn't my little guy. And uh, we took him to the vet, and 1400 and some odd dollars later, they treated him for consuming THC, which we got to believe somehow happened along the way, uh, somehow in the park or uh, in the walkway areas that we uh, normally walk in. So the, this issue around uh, canines and cannabis is a big deal, okay? Uh, here's a quick story. Bentley seemed to be in a haze. Normally, his 12-pound Chihuahua Terrier mix would never uh, refuse a hot, fresh French fries from a drive-thru. But on a recent warm afternoon, he turned his head away uh, as his owners offered it. That's kind of the first sign, right, if the dogs don't want to eat or have a, tra- or have a treat or whatever. Uh, while excess cannabis consumption by canines is not really something new, that we've known this for years and years, especially for people who grow at home, it can be an issue, right? So you got to think of your animals like thinking of children. And you wouldn't want to, hopefully, you wouldn't want to leave things around your house, especially, you know, things like edibles that look like gummy bears and suckers and chocolate bars and stuff um, that, you know, make it a lot easier to consume THC, if that's something you want to do, uh, but uh, or CBD or both. And, um, you know, but for kids, or people who don't know any better, it just looks like a really cool treat. So we've known about this for a long time, but now because of the um, legalization around, you know, a lot, most of, uh, the United States and certainly across Canada, uh, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, um, their position, hot, their poison hotline in the U.S. suggests that more and more states, now that they've been legalized recreational weed, uh, reports that marijuana toxic- toxicity in dogs has grown by twofold. So in, between 2017 and 2020, 2020, uh, it rose from 1,436 cases to 3,923 cases. That's according to Tina Wimser. She's a veterinarian and a senior director at New York's based ASPCA, which is the American Society for Prevention of Cruelties to Animals, their poison control center. So a fraction of the true incidents are actually reported, right? Most people are going to call and say, oh, my dog ate some of my weed. But now that it's legalized, more and more people obviously are going out and talking about it and you know, sharing and going to the vet and so on. A lot of people just kept their dogs at home and would hope it would go away, and it does over time you know they'll they'll sleep through it they'll get through it after the you know when we went to the vet the most of the $1000 $1400 it was for you know some uh drip some uh, some form of uh of of um, of drip i'm not sure if it was saline with something but whatever uh, calmed him down maybe it was some form of downer some form of of uh, of narcotic that would slow him down, perhaps from the from the weed. I don't know, but um, I'm not am not a vet, and we couldn't get one on on a Saturday night on a long weekend. But where recreational marijuana is legalized on November sixteenth, numbers grew from by two hundred and seventy six percent, according to the experts, uh, with this kind of an issue with animals. It sounds funny, but a lot of poo- pooches are getting are getting high, and you know it's because they accidentally ingest you know, potent edibles, these edibles that people are getting, I can't say it long often enough, you got to be careful. It's not like smoking the weed you did when you were a kid if you're an adult now. It's not like smoking the, the weed that you did, you know, 20, 20, 20 even 20, 30 years ago. Um, and the edibles are so potent. So the problem with an edible is once you've eaten the gummy, you don't know how much is actually in your system other than the, the amount that's in the gummy. So that's either 5 milligrams or 10 milligrams of THC. But that might be too much for you. So perhaps taking the gummy and splitting it in four for your own use, but for an animal, just a little tiny piece that falls on the ground of that gummy is enough to give a dog under 20 pounds a lot of discomfort. So incidences are growing, in, 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 especially in areas where there's home where drugs are homegrown, right? So they stumble across their owner's stash on the counter, on the couch, uh, on the floor. People come in from trimming their their, their stuff outside and don't realize there's pieces of uh, of bud stuck to their clothing. You know, it's very sticky, so it's stuck to your clothing. Um, and a lot of the poisonings actually occur in the wild. So one story in particular is a woman who resides in Stinson Beach in the United States. She wrote that her two toy poodle had been to the emergency emergency room four times. As a result of eating cannabis while being walked around the neighborhood, she doesn't smoke weed. She's never had weed in her house. It's not something that she normally would consume. So for animals, it's a big deal. They start to shake. They start to sweat. They 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 don't act normally, and it's not funny. It's not good for them. I remember not so long ago, maybe several several years ago, uh, seeing a video posted on YouTube of some guy who got his dog high. Uh, by blowing smoke in his, actually, he was using a vaporizer, which is a machine that you can, you know, heats up the marijuana, and then all you get from it is the vapor, not really smoke. The vapor, they say, it's a better way to get it into your lungs than uh, smoking. It's healthier for you, apparently. Whatever, uh, very, very quick to the to the body, very quick consumption uh, because of the vapor. Um, and he was vaporizing his dog by putting a basically a plastic hood over his head and blowing weed into it. And was laughing and giggling. Obviously, he was higher than the chitin and a real moron. But it's not funny. It's not cool when your dog gets high. No sooner would it be than your two-year-old or three-year-old or five-year-old or fifteen-year-old that you would get high on something that gets a hold of your stuff. And by the way, if you've got weed in your house, you need to lock it up. If you've got children, like a bent like you would, walk up, you would lock up any kind of prescription medication, because. It's not as simple as, you know, your kids accidentally get, get a couple of your gummies and you're going to be okay. You know, the Hospital for Sick Children has reported, um, you know, since marijuana has become uh, legal in Canada, so Hospital for Sick Childrens has reported many more instances of young children, you know, under five, um, coming in with THC overdose. And, and the problem is now that if you're not buying your weed in a safe place vis-a-vis government stores and paying the prices that you need to pay exorbitant as they are, you're not sure what you're getting, and I've been to enough, you know, overdose calls of young people smoking marijuana in a bong, and that marijuana being laced with uh, things like fentanyl and carfentanil, um, you know, and 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 it's a it's a serious problem because that that dusting of of the drug makes it you know so much higher, and, and the the high you're getting is not necessarily a marijuana high. You could be getting a narcotic opioid high. So, not knowing where you buy your weed is a big thing, and making sure that what you are consuming is being locked up and being put away so that the people in your house don't have access to it if they're not supposed to. And certainly, your animals, for sure. Dogs and cats, and we don't, there's not a lot of stats around cats that I've managed to find. But, you know, dogs and cats, small animals, you know, birds, if you're a bird lover, they get a hold of weed. It's not a good thing. It's not funny. And, um, you know, for some of them, it can be quite toxic. There's been you know there have been stories of situations where animals have consumed you know large amounts of marijuana overdosed and died so it's not a it's not cute it's not funny at all oh, you know look at Barney he's all you know, he's all he's all buzzed out no not cool not funny be careful be responsible or just don't use the stuff. You're going to act like an idiot and be a moron and not do what's responsible. Store your stuff in a proper place. Vacuum up your floors. If you're, you know, you've got weed around and people coming over, you know, check your chunks on your clothes. If you're worried about pieces being stuck to you. And if you're rolling a lot of joints, the stickiness that's on your fingers, if your dogs come and start licking your fingers, they can get high from that too. And not in a good way. Cause the THC sticks to your fingers. Anyway, that's enough about your dogs getting high. When we come back, uh, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had a bad neighbor ruin your life or just a bad neighbor's story at all? We want to hear from you. 416-870-6400. Yonabud, 640 Toronto.
0: You're listening to Road to Recovery with Yonabud, only on 640 Toronto.
1: Okay, let's get back on the road to recovery here. This is Yona Bud, your host. Thank you for joining us tonight. 416-870-6400. It's now close to 1018. Do you know where your children are, your loved ones, or your pets for that matter, including the seniors in your life? If you don't know where they are, you should probably reach out, try to find out where they are. And if they think, if you think they're in a real bad way, you can, uh, I would call 911 and, uh, and do what you can to protect them. So pay attention, know where they are, and that uh, lets everybody sleep a little easier at night. If you need to get a hold of me um, at all through the week, you can by calling 877 777 5808, and uh, someone will either take the message or direct you to me, and uh, I'll be glad to chat with you. I'll get, hear from lots of uh, listeners over throughout the week. You can also send me a, an email at uh, road to recovery at 640. Toronto.com, be glad to read those and share anything in the following week. So I am available. It's not just here, right here, right now. I'm available for anybody that's got a problem or is in trouble or needs some advice, we'll do what we can to help. Um, But in terms of getting advice, I had a situation not so long ago with a particular patient of mine uh, who had moved into a new home. Uh, When they moved into this new home, uh, which, by the way, has a shared laneway, uh, frankly, um, only when you're living, I guess, in the city. I can't imagine ever buying a house the shared laneway, a shared anything with my neighbor. Uh, Cause I don't know who they are. Right. Well, in this particular case, either did they They weren't sure who the neighbors were. And it became a bit of a, of a, of a, uh, of a show, a bit of a nightmare um, with simple things like parking in the laneway and be, not being blocked in or garbage cans or, you know, uh, at one point there was some stuff stuck, uh, st- you know, from her side, the other person's side of the, of the laneway that, you know, prevented my, my person from being able to drive down the laneway. anyway, what happens when you got a bunch of bad neighbors? You never know, right? You never know. You may move in and have a great friend, move, you know, that you move in and get close to and become great friends. They then sell their house, move on, you know. They go into the the next thing. Of course, you stay friends forever, but someone else is moving in. You might not know who they are. So here's twelve steps uh, to deal with bad neighbors, um, and this is in accordance to the uh, information that I was able to read from a source called Money Talks News. Um, there are 12 steps here that we're going to share. We're going to talk about it a little bit. So a lot of disputes end up in court because of poor communication. So the the number one thing is get to know each other. You know, being a good neighbor doesn't mean you have to be best friends and take vacations together, but it's probably handy to get to know one another. You know, nice enough to be able to say hi. You know, borrow a cup of sugar if you need it. If people still do that, if people even still use sugar, uh, borrow a cup of sugar for someone. Uh, we'll lend them a gardening tool. Drop off something that you think might be nice if you're going pumpkin uh, pumpkin shopping or you're going apple picking. You know, perhaps bring a pumpkin or or a basket of apples for your neighbor and say, "Hey, listen, I was out with the kids doing this, or you know, we went out and did that, and thought you might like these." You know, little things, right? Little little acts of kindness, even though they might be a little creepy at, at first, and you might not like them. You know, you can win people over with kindness. You know, my wife, Pumpkin, she's she is the best at – by the way, that's not really her name. That's just her disguise name for the radio. Uh, but she is the best at um, helping people get comfortable by treating them with great kindness or delivering things like flowers and candy dishes and, you know, homemade bread and snacks and such. So, you know, I think the trick to meeting neighbors and keeping them – kind of friendly enough that you don't have grief, try to make friends, right? Kill them with a little bit of kindness. Uh, take uh, head off any problems before they arise, before they become problems. So, for example, let's say, you know, here's one of the things people normally fight about. You're having, you know, you know your kid gets engaged. You're having a big engagement party in the backyard or someone's retiring or it's just a birthday or just because COVID's open or, you know, uh, opened enough um opportunities for us that we can still have friends and neighbors in the backyard and have fun. Like we used to have love those lovely barbecues, but you know, if, if you've got neighbors next door, perhaps that are perhaps seniors that may not, uh, you know, like, uh, being up at 11 o'clock at night when you're still having fun with your buddies, um, you know, let your neighbors know you're going to have a party and give them an invitation. Let them come, you know, let them know that you're, that, that they're coming to, they're welcome to come if they'd like to drop in, say hello. Um, or at least give them an invitation, um, to call you, Give them a card with your phone number. Say, "Hey, listen, uh, by the way," or, or bring them over something that you're that you're uh, that you're serving that night. Maybe it's a punch, maybe it's some kind of um, fruit dish or something. And bring something over and say, "Listen, we're having a party. Um, you're welcome to come over. But here's my phone number. If it gets loud or becomes a problem, please give me a call, and I will uh, to make sure that we tone it down. Rather they call you than the police, right? Number three, document the problem. If you've got a problem with your neighbor that's ongoing, document it. Keep notes." I look at life always as something that might be litigious. I try to keep notes and information and data on every interaction I have that might turn out to be a court case somewhere down the road. I look at everything that might be a court case somewhere down the road. I know it's tough to live with. But keeping notes, dates, times, photos if you can, right, of things that happen because it'll help you evaluate the seriousness of the problem. It'll begin um, a paper trail for you, and it might be, you know, you might need that evidence later to uh, to deal with your neighbor if you're not able to uh, resolve it uh, in any one of these, you know, less um, intrusive or, you know, less uh, aggressive forms of engagement, so to speak. So document the problem. Number two. Ta- number four, talk it out. You know, if there's a problem with your neighbor, don't assume that they know what the problem is. Go over and be direct, not passive aggressive, but be direct. Ask for their input. You know what? I'm really having a problem with this, this, and this. Is this something that, you know, you've had before we moved in? Or is this something that's just happening now? And perhaps we can work out a way together so that it's not a problem for either one of us, right? By the way, all this stuff works really great in a marriage, in a relationship, in a friendship, in a relationship with coworkers, right? It's just common courtesy, common decency. The difference between getting along with your neighbors and not might just be your attitude. So they have long hair and the place smells like weed. So whatever. They don't, you don't have to go there. You don't have to come to your house, but they're still your neighbors. Or you know they're, they, they play you know religious music uh, at, at high volumes on, on Sundays. Well, good luck to them. Let them enjoy it. Go inside your house or put on your headphones and listen to your own stuff. It's not the end of the world. Number five, look for advice or solace online. Sites like Neighbors Form From Hell, um, they, uh, they post all kinds of stories and, on message boards where other people are experiencing perhaps, <clears throat> excuse me, same kind of thing you might be, right? So look for, you know, those chat rooms, chat rooms or those blogs or information um, that you can, you know, anything, you know, I, I guess you would Google or you would search annoying neighbors help and, and see what comes up. My guess is a whole bunch of stuff because you're not the only one. Lots and lots of people have problems with their neighbors, especially in your, in your, if you're living in a condo. You know, uh, I was just talking to Sophia. She was talking about the condo that she lives in, and she has a, a neighbor who's got a giant dog. We're talking about the dog, the dog piece because we shared some stuff she didn't know. So she, she says, yeah, I got a dog. Uh, you know, neighbor down the hall has got a giant husky and a 400-square-foot condo on the 40th floor, and now he's teaching the dog how to, how to howl. So everyone on the floor is listening to the progress as this dog learns how to howl. Well, you know that's not nice, right? Like you really need a, a seventy, eighty pound husky howling in the middle of the day because he misses you. You know, it's just not it's not fair to your neighbors. So check with your neighbors. If you're having a problem with your, one particular neighbor, check with others to see if anyone else in the block is having similar issues. That's number six. Maybe they might be willing to help you resolve it. You know, the, the lady across the street might know the guy down the down. You know, next to you, that on the right or the left that's giving you a hard time or whatever, they might know them well enough to go over and say, hey, listen, she's okay or he's okay. You know, why don't you guys just work this out? Why don't you all come over to my house for something? You know, maybe they'll mediate it for you, which is something you could use a neighbor's help for, especially if there's someone in the neighborhood that people like and respect and, you know, kind of, you know, every neighborhood, if it's small enough, has those families, has those persons that, um, different people that, in fact, you know, kind of coordinate, you know, we uh, neighborhood gatherings and barbecues and play dates for kids and so on. You know, th- that might be the person you might want to go to. Uh, see if anyone else in the neighborhood will side with you. It kind of goes along with that same number six. Uh, if talking doesn't work, try to get some help. Uh, if you're part of a condo or homeowners association, homeowners association, speak with them. Maybe they can help you. Talk to a lawyer, obviously. If uh, if this thing is progressing and it looks like it's going to get to an ugly stage, you want to know what your legal rights are. There's lots of free legal services online. Um, reach out to those perhaps and. Look for some support on what you might do or might not do, what the law allows you to do or doesn't allow you to do. It's always good to know. You can always get a mediator. There are neutral third parties uh, that you can hire. You can get them through courts. Uh, Lawyers might be able to help you do that. Uh, Get someone to mediate it who's not a judge. It's not a court case. But a third party who's a professional mediator, they're trained. They know how to, you know, sift through the garbage, so to speak. So everyone is talking about the same stuff in a productive way. Write a report. Number 10, if it gets to the point where they're violating, uh, city, you know, city ordinances and so on, write up a report, send it to the appropriate uh, city people. Um, you probably shouldn't want to do that in a, in a, in a, uh, uh, in an anonymous way, because you don't want to be considered a snitch, let them know where it's coming from, because you, obviously you will have tried to resolve it uh, prior to that. Right? So that's kind of the last resort of you know calling the cops on people, but that's number eleven. If you think it's a big deal, like it's you know they're really getting in your face and they're you know keeping you up to all hours of the night, there are local ordinances, municipal ordin- ordinances, excuse me, that uh, apply to that kind of stuff. Call the cops; they might be prepared to help you. Um, and uh, last but not least, you can always go to small claims court. It's much cheaper than a lawsuit. So if they broke your fence or they damaged something, you know, and you're not sure how to resolve it, you can go to small claims court, fill out the information yourself. I think it's like 25 bucks. You can also represent yourself. um, And that just might be enough for them to come next door and say, hey, listen, let's forget the court case and uh, let me write you a check and get that fixed right now. So, you know, don't confront them. Don't show up with a baseball bat. Show up with a package of candies and cookies. Go with the sweets. Don't go with the heavyweights. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about 22 microhabits that will completely change your life in a year, according to this writer, Brianna Weist. She's the senior contributor at Ford's Women Magazine. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about these 22 microhabits, and some I agree with and some I don't. I want to hear from you as well. 416-870-6400. You own about here, 640 640- Toronto.
0: Welcome back to road to recovery with Yona bud only on six forty Toronto.
1: So welcome back. This is Yona bud. We are on the road to recovery. Thanks for joining me. And we know that you have many other choices. We glad we are glad. I am glad for sure that you join us. You are the best audience ever and we love you. So we give us a call here. 416-870-6400. Um, want to hear from you. What we're going to talk about right now is you know, that, that, kind of mindset we get into from time to time uh, where we say, you know, we want to make all these changes in our life. I want to quit smoking. I want to quit drinking. I want to stop, you know, eating junk food. I want to lose weight. I want to start working out regularly. I'm going to take up golf. I'm going to that. You know, Like six things that are daunting. I mean, it really is daunting. You know, the people that quit things all at once and make great changes all at once are generally not very successful, at least in my experience. You know, um, especially with you know, I work with patients every you know all the time that have different substance issues, and many of them, many don't, but many do. Um, You know, and they they want to quit drinking and quit smoking. You know, at the same time, and I'm like, dude, let's you know, let's start with the booze. And then we'll worry about the tobacco later, right? We can we can deal with that differently. You can go to your family doctor; they get a little help around that. Um, lots of different things, patches and such. But you know, for alcohol, much more difficult. So let's get you know let let's get you comfortable not drinking for six months, and then we'll worry about the next habit to change. So this is a, an article that I found um, written by this young this young writer. Uh, her name is Brianna Weist. She's a senior contributor at Forbes Women. And, um, 22 micro habits will completely change your life in a year, but, and, and really what she talks about, and we'll get through this here, talks about little micro habits that you change, little things you can start to do so that over time, there are a lot of changes, but a lot of change at once can be very difficult, very unnerving, very unsettling for a lot of people. So, you know, the, con- the concept here in this article, which we're going to get into here is, the little tiny changes, right? We do a little something every day. So, number one, here's the first one that she suggests: 25, 20 of twenty-two. Excuse me, impactful microhabits that you can begin right away tonight. Try to try to be rejected more. The article says reach out to one or more people that you'd like to work with or hang out with or, you know, give them uh, a reason. uh, Even if you're certain that they will have no response, they have no reason to respond to you. Uh, It could be a potential employer, an organization, someone you'd like to talk to, perhaps a girl or a guy you want to ask out or whatever, right? Um, Because the fear of not asking is rooted around the concept of being rejected. So rejected in, in less dramatic terms is just someone not interested no time, not interested, not a good match. You know this whole thing of swiping for dates these days on the different the different uh, uh, dating apps. You know, so what? You know, like you swipe through them. I got a couple of patients that are freaking out because they're not getting any likes back, and it's like, you know, what? You're just you're trolling in the in a pond. You know, you're not going to get fish every day. So you know, be, don't be afraid to potentially get shut down or rejected. It's a good start, right? Uh, number two, write one paragraph. So here they're talking about if you ever dreamed of writing a business plan or read or dreamt, or dreamt of writing a book or a blog, now's the time to start. And Just do like one, one paragraph at a time, you know, even just a few sentences each day in a blog or something, for example. I'm a big believer in journaling, by the way, so I, I'm, I'm all in favor of you getting yourselves a book or, you know, some binder or something, some kind of notebook that you can keep and replace with another one and add to another one and add to another one and so on. So uh, journaling, journaling your life. Just write a paragraph every day about your life. I had a good day today, I had a crummy day today, this person bugged me, that person bugged me, you know, I, I dropped weight, I didn't drive weight. And you can make that. It's you know, you can you can put that around your life. You can journal the things that are important to you. If you're in the middle of weight loss, you know, do some journaling. I you know, I did really well today, I dropped two pounds, I didn't do as well as I should have, you know, I didn't drop any weight today. You know, just journaling, just taking the time to write stuff down. And I don't mean putting it in a computer, I mean taking a pen and a piece of paper if you can and write it down that's what I suggest to all of my patients and the people that I work with I'm coaching or whether I'm coaching them or working with them in a mental health or addiction capacity. Check your bank account. So this is something that she suggests that everyone should do is check your bank account at least once a day. I'm not sure I'm a big believer in that. Um, I think for me, I mean, I thankfully we're, we're okay. So it's not something I'm going to get nauseous every time I looked at the bank account, but for a lot of years it was, and um, you know, it. um Can create a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Um, but you know, they, she's suggesting you get a better grip on your finances when you have daily contact, when you, you understand where you are. So there's no big shock three days from now, I guess is the essence of the, of this piece. No big shock down the road, uh, with, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I spent all this money and now I'm all upside down. So keep track of your spending. So that makes sense to me. I like the idea of checking your bank accounts to make sure that, um, you know, no one puts something through. If you just recently purchased, like every time I purchase something online, I wait a couple of days and then I check that same account to make sure they didn't double up on me or put something else through because I don't always know the people you're dealing with, right? Uh, number four is a really good one. Get used to maintenance uh, on a daily basis. Start start with, you know, getting maintenance, you know, taking care of yourself. The quality of your life will be directly and drastically improved if you can incorporate the necessary you know, self-care, maintenance into your life, routine, learn how to see it as something that, you know, helps you rather than hinders you from having a great time. So, you know, the time it takes you to brush your teeth a couple of times a day, the time it takes you to work out a little bit, the time it takes you to make a meal that's healthy, right? So it's maintenance. Make, make sure I have at least one home-cooked healthy meal every day. Make sure I brush my teeth twice a day. Uh, make sure I'm, you know, I, 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 you know, it could be mechanical. You know, making sure I'm checking on the car regularly like I'm supposed to so it doesn't break down halfway along the 401 on the way to work one morning. That leads to a whole different kind of hurt. So creating maintenance, right? Chores, cleaning, healthy cooking, staying current on bills, work assignments, that kind of stuff. Choose comfort for your future self over comfort right now. So I think there needs to be a balance. Uh, She goes on to say in this article, Brianna goes on to say in her article, change your life, you need to start considering the needs and wants of your future self over the ones right now. Um, I think I've found in my years... After working with so many people trying to get their lives in order, it's you can need a balance. Like you know, you need some money that you can, or some opportunities in time. It's not money, it's time. You know, you need to, to have that joy and balance today, enjoying some of your of your time today. And yeah, save for the future for sure, but um, not everyone's guaranteed of a future. So kind of a balance between saving for the future and living with what you have now. Um, you know, someone sends it. You know, someone sends you a text. Uh, you know, respond to it right away. It's another thing they go on to say in terms of as often as you're able, respond to important emails as they come in. So I'm more of a take time to consider a good reply kind of guy. Uh, I tell my patients all the time, something that's good for mental health is time and space you know, time to contemplate responses and space between people that you uh, may be uh, in a more toxic relationship with at the time or need space away from at the moment. Be less reactive is number seven. Fulfill your base needs. Um Number eight, make sure that you're eating, sleeping, doing some kind of work. Um, you know, people try to make deny their time for basic requirements uh, that they need to do because they're so busy in their life and they think that makes them seem important. It doesn't. You know, you being so busy at work that I have no time to work out isn't cool. It doesn't make you a superstar. It's just like you're, you're not really getting it here. Uh, curate your own sphere of influence, people around you that are positive. Number 10, take action when you want to do something. Don't just think about it, just do it in little bits at a time. And take actions when you don't. If there's something that you, you have to learn is, I don't feel like doing something at this moment because I'm not feeling good about it, then don't do it. Unless it's important and it's going to impact your life. you got to do some more reading. Let's talk about scrolling less is number three, 13. Scroll less through the channels. You know, Pick a few things. Make a, make a choice. Get what you need to get. Observe your patterns. Pay attention to your patterns. You can do that much better through your journaling. Uh, and number 15, practice saying no. We talked about that a little earlier in one of our other segments. Number 16, to practice diverting your attention. So if there's things that are bothering you, learn how to divert your thinking and divert your attention to something more positive. These are all little things you try to get. If you do one each day for 22 days or one each month for 22 months, um, they may really impact your life. Share your ideas consistently and clearly with people. Number 18, use what you have Right? Lots of people have closets full of stuff they don't like or don't use because they don't like them. But if you've got them and they're good to use, use on what you've got. Uh, number 19, drink more water. So one more glass of water a day than you are now. Number 20, eat one less unhealthy snack. That's where you kind of get me. I'm really trying hard to not eat unhealthy snacks. So I'm trying to eat healthy snacks. Uh, so things like, for example, um, Uh, Things like, uh, I don't know, being able to, uh, I'm eating chips that are made of lentils today. Uh, We have a couple of minutes left here, and we have Melanie from Toronto. Melanie, how are you? I'm doing great,
2: and a blessed Thanksgiving to you, your family, and all the listeners. I heard Thank a wonderful. You, <clears throat> I
1: heard Thank a- you. You had you have a habit that eventually becomes a necessity. Can we only got a minute yeah, or so. I can you share you. that, please?
2: Yes, uh, I heard it's actually from a book that I read on C.S. Lewis, a professor from uh, Cambridge, I believe, and he said that uh, anything we do over and over and over, whether it's positive or negative, can turn out to be a necessity. So if we do something good. That becomes a necessity.
1: Excellent. Thanks for sharing, Melanie, and thanks for continuing to be a listener. Because I do recognize your voice, and uh, hopefully you'll have a blessed weekend and enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thanks so much again for calling. Uh, number 21, before we go to break here, number 21, create open portals for people to reach you. Make sure people can contact you. Which means you actually have to answer your phone or emails or text messages or whatever your WhatsApp or whatever people, however people are reaching you these days. Open up or make sure you're accessible. You don't, don't lock people out. And the last one is being each, begin each day by asking yourself, how can I change my life today? So, you know, it sounds corny, but every day I get up and I say to myself, how can I do a little bit better today? And sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. So, speaking of doing better, how's it going asking your family and talking about things like vaxxing before Thanksgiving dinner? Uh, that's the next subject matter. So, give us a call here, 416 870 6400. Want to hear how it's going around the. So, who's vaxxed and who's not? Who's going to be there and who's not? Let's talk about that when we get back on the road to recovery. Yona Bud
0: here, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Road to Recovery with Yona Bud on- on 640
1: Toronto. Hello, welcome back on to The Road to Recovery. This is Jonah Bud, your host. Thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, 416-870-6400 is how you get a hold of me. We're talking about talking to your family around Thanksgiving. Um, you guys are amazing. It's just an amazing guest. I appreciate amazing um, listeners. We have great guests on the show typically. And uh, some call- our callers are just outstanding. So I'm very thankful and helpful, thankful and grateful for your... Uh, you being uh, on the air with us and uh, sharing and listening, it uh, makes everything work really well. Um, you know, in my in my typical world of uh, therapy and uh, crisis management and such, I deal with lots of people who have issues around uh, families. Um, generally it's something as simple as they don't drink and everyone else does or there's a couple of you know relatives that can be toxic, sometimes just going home to mom and her talking about you're losing too much weight or you're too heavy or you don't look good or that can be very toxic for people and really spins them out of control. A lot of families have great anxiety around getting together because not all family members get along well. And somehow we throw them all together, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, Easter, Passover, whatever your, any of the other things that people, holidays that people uh, participate in, just even a Sunday night dinner, you know, it's a, it can be a, can be very difficult for somebody that doesn't want to be there. So, you know, a lot of our, a lot of my patients are concerned about whether there's going to be alcohol and such there. Uh, so that opens the dialogue around that, which can sometimes be quite difficult, but now the game's changed even more, right? Cause now you're being invited. So I'll give you an example. I was invited to a wedding that I am going to on Tuesday night and, um, it's only going to be 100 people there, but the young man who's getting married who asked me to join, to, to be there, uh, is very special to me. So I plan to be there. And, um, you know, but I asked a lot of questions who's coming, who's vaccinated, who's not, you know, because I'm going with uh, Pumpkin. She's got immunocompromised issues. I don't want to get sick and so on. So we ask a lot of questions. And this isn't family, but we had those awkward conversations here, you know, through the pandemic with my kids around who was vaccinated and who wasn't. But now, thanks to the pandemic, the polarizing topic of vaccination status is becoming a real thing and adding a dose of awkwardness, according to Some of the experts, the best practice would be to call each guest individual. The experts say and engage in an open dialogue that includes safety measures for the event, such as social distancing measures, numbers of guests invited. Consider sharing who's on the guest list, as well as a blind as blind data on the vaccination status. So you don't have to say which guest is vaccinated. As a matter of fact, the young man whose wedding, I'm going to said to me that, um, uh there's 100 people coming 99 are vaccinated he didn't tell me who was and who wasn't but bill's going to vent thanks can't go to thanksgiving because he's not vaccinated uh bill how are you man
3: I'm um, okay
1: so are you the only one in the family that's not vaccinated brother
3: i don't know i i haven't asked in my immediate family they're all vaccinated and the original reason why they all got vaccinated they were the first to go they said if i get vaccinated i'll be able to travel They still can't travel. Um, The reason why I don't want to get vaccinated is because from my research, the statistics show that there is a much higher level of vaccine injury than any other vaccine. That's the only reason I don't want to get vaccinated. I've been vaccinated in the past, but now I'm ostracized from my family.
1: So, what about friends and what about who else in your world is a same believer like you?
3: I have one friend who's this
1: way. So, I guess you and your friends are going to have Thanksgiving together. And 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 by the way, why can't why can't you show up to Thanksgiving dinner at least with a mask on? Say hi to everybody, you know, shake hands. I
3: don't wear a mask because they're a bunch of nonsense, and they give me anxiety. When I put a mask on, it gives me anxiety immediately. I can't breathe.
1: Okay, so I guess I'm hoping that you're going to be able to find a buddy or two that you can get together with and have a fun uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, I'm hoping that you're going to be able to engage with your family at some point with, you know, perhaps, you know, a... a, your mindset will change over time. But it's, you know, it's sad that this is a situation that you're in. And I, I feel your pain. And um, I'm sure you got horrible anxiety around, you know, not being able to go. But, you know, you've made a choice. And if you were you know, a recovering alcoholic, and everybody that was at the at, at the Thanksgiving dinner table, uh were drinkers, then you, you know, you'd have a legitimate reason not to go. So if if sticking by your guns makes you feel better, and you're more comfortable, even though you're, quote-unquote, as you said, ostracized or not allowed in or whatever. Um, it's a choice you've made, and live with your choice. And uh, find a couple of buddies and go have yourself some kind of event. And uh, and I wish you well and a great Thanksgiving, and thanks so much for calling, Bill. Um, it's important to recognize that the past year has been very hard on collective mental health. So um, people believe getting together with family and loved ones can be an important part of the healing process. But as you've heard with our, you know the conversation I just had with Bill, and my heart goes out to him, and I'm sure his family, who would love to have him there, um, you know, there are people who, are, who, who do not feel comfortable being vaccinated for whatever reason, whatever research they're doing and so on. I didn't get a chance to ask Bill if he was actually a scientific researcher or just some guy who's got access to Google, which sometimes can be dangerous. Uh, but, you know, I have access to some of the best mental, uh, best uh, uh, medical practitioners in the world vis vis the work I do. And so far, you know, I, 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 w- I went willingly to get a vaccine because everyone I talk to who I respect and who are experts in their field of uh, both, uh, you know, disease, epidemiology, family medicine, and so on, infectious diseases, whatever. Um, so, I, I, you know, I made a decision based on the experts. So hopefully people will be comfortable with what the experts have to say versus what they can glean from social media. So you might want to be tempted to ask guests about their vaccination status, but I would suggest you don't. And if you're not comfortable going to the event because not everybody is being vaccinated, then just don't go. Right. You know, if, you, if it's at your mom's house, let's say it's at your auntie's or grandma's or something, if you're fortunate enough to have grandparents, you know, if, if, if you're, you know, if you're going there and you don't feel safe going because not everyone's vaccinated, but, you know, they are. So go the next day, go for breakfast, go for brunch, show up for an early dinner. You know, if everyone's having Thanksgiving on Sunday and you're off on Monday, go on Monday when there's only a few of you around. You can make it work. So rather than, you know, getting all you know pissed off that people are unvaccinated, I think I can say that. They didn't bleep me yet. Uh, when you get all on, you know, people that are aren't not vaccinated and you get all up in your face and you're all concerned about how this is going to ruin your Thanksgiving, just make it work for yourself, man. We were making it work for ourselves when we couldn't see anybody. I can't tell you how many events we had, family events, including my 65th birthday. Did I just tell everybody my age? Oh, my gosh. Uh, my 65th birthday was over Zoom. But that allowed friends of mine from around the world to jump to chime in. They all sent beautiful videos wishing me a happy birthday. It was a great party. Some of my kids were able to come. Some weren't. My, grand, my parents weren't. They joined us by video. We had a whole bunch of people. I don't know, 15 or 16 people on the Zoom call. And uh, some of my family members we delivered food to, the ones that we could. We all had snacks and ate together at the same time. It was great. We made it work. Not as good as having them all here or at some kind of restaurant or an event, but it was great. It did the job. So, you know, if Thanksgiving isn't working for you because of this whole vaccination thing, come up with a plan B, right? You want bud, plan B. I'm all about plan B. So the balancing act for people, right? So here's another story. Here's a story of someone who says, I, can't tell, I, I can tell you that I'm terrified for my 95-year-old mother because I have a brother who's an anti-vaxxer. The person goes on to say, she doesn't want to say no to seeing her own kids because she knows that her time is limited and she wants to spend time with her bro- with her brother's children as well, right? So, but causing this person a lot of anxiety. Her name is Swally. It's Causing her a lot of anxiety. Families across the country are doing their own balancing act when it comes to celebrating Thanksgiving. These relatives are eager to get together after 19 months, but they all have different perspectives on risk. So it's going to be a. It's going to be. It's going to be a going to provide a, a, a not a bridge for, the, for relationships, It's going to provide a, a gap or a valley, right? So try to avoid it. If you don't have to go, don't go. If you're going, make sure that people are that are there, you're comfortable with the decisions they've made. Um, I'm not comfortable frankly, being with people who aren't vaccinated unless they're properly masked up and so on, or I am or both of us are, right? So um, there needs to be some balance. But knowing that if you're going to go, it's going to, be a, a, it's going to be a horror show because even though some people are vaccinated, there are many people out there with, that are vaccinated that are upset about it. I, I, that I haven't been able to figure out. You make a decision, you get vaccinated, and then you're like, oh, I should never have gotten the vaccine, and I shouldn't have done this, and we shouldn't have done that, and it's a big hoax and so on. Right? So try to avoid it. It's enough to get – I don't know if you've ever been – like no one's ever been to my family gatherings back in the day, but we argued about everything. So, I mean, it was fun, you know, some of it was fun. Sometimes there was a relative or two, often it might have been me, storm up and walk away when I was younger and didn't have my stuff together like I do today, right? So we don't need anything else to make us more divisive, right? We don't need to divide ourselves any more than we are. Go with what's comfortable for you. Don't change. Don't make a decision around something you don't feel good about because then you're not going to be able to sleep at night, right? And it creates a different kind of panic and so on. Listen, man, just go have some fun. Go enjoy your Thanksgiving with whoever you can that you feel comfortable with. Remember that this is a time to celebrate the things you do have, not the things you don't have. And and just, you know, reach out. Give someone you love a hug, you know, kiss your neighbors, kiss the people you like if you're able to, and they'll let you do that these days. You know, hugs for sure. High fives if you can't. Say something nice to somebody, smile at the person you're gonna to see tomorrow at the grocery store. It's Thanksgiving. It's a time to celebrate. And if the celebration can't be any more, than we're coming out the other side of this thing, and fewer people are dying, and we seem to be having a, getting a handle on on turning this the rates of disease you know upside down and going in the right direction. Certainly here in Ontario, we are for sure. Lots to be thankful for. I'm certainly thankful for all of you that you're able to tune in and spend time with us, and I want I want you to know that I do appreciate it, and that you are special and that you have choices, as I've said all evening. You have choices. You could listen to anybody. You choose to listen to us, and I really appreciate it. Makes my day. Makes my, makes my weekend. Makes my Thanksgiving. And uh, I thank everyone for doing so. We love you. You're amazing people. Enjoy yourself. Be safe out there. Love the one you're with. And uh, give everyone a hug if you can. We'll see you next week. We've got more stuff to do on the road to recovery. Yonabud, 640 Toronto.